This is episode 268 of the official GunnaGeek.com show. This week we chat about Apple potentially moving their production from China, a historic virgin flight, a clock that we just can't find its purpose for, and we say goodbye to Apple Music Connect. Plus, Chris and I are pleased to say SP is one of us. One of us. This and more in this week's show. I'm Joe Burke from PopX Cast, a proud member of the Gonna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all of our podcasts at gonnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. This is the official gunnageek.com show. Here we're a bunch of geeks talking about geeky things. Each week we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Steven. But what if I'm in the mood for a T-Swift story? Chris. I've heard the X is going to give it to you. And SP. That's how we roll on Gonna Geek on Monday night. We get crazy! Gunna Geek Productions presents the official GunnaGeek.com show. Welcome to an all-new episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. I am Stephen John Drew, and of course, I have with me none other than Chris Farrell. Yeah, I'm going to warn you, Smash Brothers is out, so if you bore me, I'm going to play video games. That's fair enough. We also have joining us the wonderful, the fantastic, some call him Jolly Saint SP. It is SP. I've got decaf in this cup, so if you bore me, I might actually fall asleep. You know what? <laughs> uh, that's not the first time that I've had that said to me today. Uh, it seems like that's a regular thing at work for me. Oh, I went to a different place on that. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. I kind of walked into that. But yes, we are here. And for those of you who have not realized, it's almost Christmas. Put spooky, weird music in here right now. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, that's right. Mm. If you didn't know this. We are just a few days away from Christmas, and so what that means is that we've got a bit of a wacky schedule over the next couple of weeks for the GunnaGeek.com show. We will have an episode next week. It'll be a little earlier than normal, (laughs) quite a bit earlier. Then we'll also have a break afterwards, and we will return the week of January 7th through 11th. So if you want to watch us live, January 7th, Monday is when that will be. And then the recording will release around Thursday, January 10th. So in a couple of weeks when you're sitting there going, where, where's my Gunna Geek show? Just know that that's our Christmas gift to you. And is not having a Gunna Geek show. That's our gift to you. No comments, Stargate Pioneer. Well... (laughs) You know, we, we like giving gifts here on Gunna Geek, but, you know, if, if, if you're going to be handing out gifts, I think um, Chris and I would like a salary for 2019. You know That's what? That's true. But there does mean that we should go to the news. Here we go. All right, let's go ahead and kick it off here with... Chris Farrell's news. This one here is one that made me scratch my brain when it first was announced, and I'm still scratching my brain. Chris Farrell, what is this about? Well, this is about the fact that Steven is giving Chris and Stargate Pioneer salaries Such a next year. Uh, can I just go ahead and quit the show now? <laughs> yeah. Well, then who's going to give us our want. salary? All right, fair enough. Uh, what is this? What is this news about a wall clock that is special? Is this one with your face on it? Because, like, I've got one of those. No, you you, you boxed me in. I got no way to go back to the salary. <laughs> so, guys, if you go back, probably, what was it, three or four months ago, we talked on the Gunna Geek show about all of these new A-word integrated devices that Alexa had coming out. I'm going to try not to say the trigger word. But just in case, if you're listening on one of those devices, you might want to hit the mute button in case I slip. Are up. you going to avoid saying the name? Uh, no, I won't do it. I won't do yeah, it. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> Remember, we talked about things like the microwave and all sorts of other smart devices that were coming out. Well, Amazon's Echo wall clock is now here. What is this meant to do? Well, it doesn't have a mic built in for it, 
but it's meant to integrate with everyone who owns an Echo device already. If you do own an Echo, it displays timers, alarms, and reminders through voice commands. So the Echo wall clock is going to run on four AA batteries, and it requires being synced with an Echo device in your home. Now, over Bluetooth and a Wi-Fi connection with that, you can do this all through your voice. You don't have to pull out your phone to do it. Now, what is interesting about this is it's a regular clock, but it also has 60 LEDs running around the clock's face, which can be used to look and display multiple timers and alarms. It has a white bezel. There's no black model, just a caveat, and it is a 10-inch diameter. Arguably, what is the most interesting feature on this, if I was going to get it, is that it automatically adjusts for daylight savings time. So I don't <laughs> have to worry about changing clocks in my house. It's integrated with my Amazon Voice you Services You know devices. they've had digital clocks for years that have done that. You know that, right? Yes, but not the classy-looking <laughs> clock with hands. Yeah, see, we got class here. Also, everything you need to mount this wall, this clock, rather, comes in the box. Amazon said, here's how they envision you using it setting a posture, stake timer while cooking, so then you can look at the clock, see the time and your timer, limiting a child's screen time, setting a high-intensity interval workout timer, all sorts of things like that. Is this a must-have? Absolutely not. Is it a nice-to-have? Maybe, but it's a pretty cool internet oddity that just makes me laugh a little bit. Yeah, I'm on Amazon right now. There's, there's many of them. Automatic adjusting daylight savings clocks, yep. Yep, there it's that's but, the thing. But does it sync with my Amazon Voice Services devices and display my timers and things like that? Because I don't think they do, Steven. No, they I don't. I don't think they do. So ha 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 I win. Wow. I was a little <laughs> aggressive and that's why I'm not paying you. That that's why you're not paying me. <laughs> it has nothing never mind. You hurt my feelings. Okay, so are you getting one of these? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I don't know where I, I mean, I, I could put it in my kitchen, but what's the point? Because I have a microwave that displays the time. I have a clock radio mounted under the cabinet that displays the time. I have a range that displays the time and I have an echo show that displays the time. Oh, yeah. And nine times out of 10 anymore, I have a watch on my wrist, so I, I don't really need it. Would I love to play with it? Sure. That'd be fun. I'll, I'll be honest. There's one place that I, I think I might possibly put that and it's right uh, right in front of me here. I have a clock that says right in front of me so that I can see how long we're running. Usually that's when Chris Farrell is doing a segment. Uh, and I, I take a look. I just tie back to last year's uh, Christmas special. Uh, but no, if, if I look there, there's a clock. And that might be an okay spot right there. Uh, but aside from that, I still don't see the purpose. I, I really don't. I, you know, they would be completely just... For no good reason for me to get one of them. I, d I don't understand why. Yeah, but you gotta imagine. Here's the logic I imagine. This is let's make a cool gadget that maybe not a lot of people are going to get, but people talk about it. It becomes a conversation piece. It's like the A word version of the big mouth Billy Bass that just came out. Let's be honest. <laughs> not many of us are going to buy that, but it becomes an interesting conversation piece. And people are talking about these devices during the holiday season. So someone's like, oh. That's pretty cool. Oh, maybe I should get dad one of those Echo Dots. He's been talking about that. That's mostly what I think this is. It's just an interesting oddity. And them saying, look how easy it is to integrate all of these random devices with the framework and the APIs or whatnot for Amazon voice services. Chris, will you take me to the river? No. Will you drop me in the water? No. Will you take me to the river? No. Oh. Well, there you go. There's your Billy <laughs> whatever mouth, whatever it was, Billy Badass or whatever his name was. It's Big Mouth okay, Billy Bass. Fair enough. Well, anyways, thanks for telling us about this thing that we really can't find good reason <laughs> well, to wait, have. Is SP going to get one? That's the real question. <laughs> Stargate Pioneer. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I checked out once Chris said something about steak. <laughs> Is it steak? He's just been, now I want steak. He's just been thinking about steak. That's all he wants now. Mm, yeah. Steak. He mentioned like a steak timer. I was like, steak. Hmm. That would be cool. So do you get steak if you get one of these wall clocks? I wish. Wait. Then, is, is there actually steak on this clock? Now I'm completely confused. It is made out of steak. You can throw it on the grill and eat it when you're done using it. Now I want one. All right. So Chris Farrell's going to buy one of these and put it on his grill. We heard that here. That's what we I got. I just said I'm not buying one. Well, too bad. You, you just committed. Let's How about move you on. pay me at first? <laughs> Moving on to the next news point that we have. This one comes courtesy of myself and me being able to read the internet. 
For those of you that aren't familiar, there is a possible shakeup in the world of iPhone production. Apparently, Apple suppliers are considering shifting iPhone production away from China if tariffs on U.S. imports end up skyrocketing. The U.S. company, which is Apple, has said that they're going to sort of leave things as they are now, but people that are more familiar with the matter are saying that the company is thinking of moving it. This is based off of the potential of a 25% increase in the tariff. And of course, a 25% tariff could lead to a lot more against the bottom line on Apple. So not a good situation for Apple since they do have quite the stock in production happening in China. Now, one of the things that's interesting that came out of this year was that previously uh, Tim Cook had been quoted about things being, I think his words were something to the effect of better over in China and kind of backed off a little bit on that in recent years as this possibility has come out. So I see what happens with this. I think that if there was quite the large tariff, yeah, it would make sense to try to to adjust production because let's be honest, l let's look at this a uh, analytically. It's probably cheaper to do it in China and 25% changes that equation. Chris Farrell. Sure. Are you going to go ahead and support this once it comes back to America? No. Uh, <laughs> th there's all sorts of movements. You've seen this happen before. Remember how they made a sales point for the Motorola crap? What was the phrase for it? The I can't remember the version of the phone. When Google owned Motorola, though, they made all of them in Texas. It was a huge selling right. point. You can buy this phone. It's made in Texas. We customize it for you. It's, it's whatever their customized brand was, which I just completely forgot the name all of a sudden but honestly for me when it comes to buying a phone my first consideration really isn't where is it made and my first consideration is uh what is the best bang for my buck and what is not made by huawei at this point considering some of the concerns that come with it oh come on you're the huawei watch expert i do have a huawei watch and i had a nexus 6p that was manufactured by huawei that being said i'm not sure i would buy one of their well i don't know there are concerns about buying the, the phones direct from them. Let's let's not get into that. That's not a conversation for here and now. But there's a reason why they had these deals lined up in the United States and they went away. Now, as for the tariff implications and things like that, that's probably the purpose of these tariffs is in part. Some of the things they want to do is bring manufacturing of these devices back on U.S. shores. But until now, it wasn't cost effective. And let's be honest, they'll find a way to make it so it's still cost effective to make most of the stuff in China, I wager. They should just rename it from the iPhone to the America phone. Rename it to that. Well, it depends on your, who your target demographic is to sell the device to. Well, you just call it America phone down there. It's kind of like how, you know, some countries call one movie one thing and then others call it another. And well, there's different cuts. We just call it that. You, you'll have the Apple America phone. That will sell to a very southern part of the country. That's quite true. In all fairness, I have thought this through, and in the Canadian version, we'll have the Apple A-phone. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Stargate Pioneer, I know that you recently have bought a couple of uh, iPhones, and they're quite pricey already, but you've continued to buy them because obviously you're familiar with that. I get that. A lot of the other alternatives are also very pricey. If this potentially led to an increased fee... Do you think that might increase your chance of going back a generation and sort of buying something a little older, but maybe quite a bit more expensive or less expensive? There's a lot of facets to this. First of all, I have only bought one. This household actually has two new iPhones and it actually has four new iPhones in it, but that's not for right now. So we're just talking about the two iPhone XS Max like excess max. Uh, I did not buy the one and the second one was in fact on sale. Now the sale is quite laughable. So instead <laughs> of like paying 1500 bucks, you pay 1300 bucks, but I still got a deal off of it and I wasn't going to pay full price. I, I put my foot down. I'm not going to pay full price. And the phone was a gift for a graduation present. So yeah, it was kind of boxed into a corner on that. Uh, another facet of this is like the made in America version. And I, you guys might be too young to remember this, but there was a 
concerted effort in the 70s, 80s, 90s to buy stuff that was made in America. It was largely car companies. Like they didn't want the Japanese cars over. But there are still car consumers that will find out where the car has been manufactured. A lot of people that do this think Canada is okay, but Mexico is not okay. And some people say neither is okay, and you have to do it in America. The laughable part of all that is there is no car which is solely made in America. They bring in parts from everywhere, like Ford. They use engines from Mazda. And you have parts coming in from all over the world. So you can't really say this vehicle was just made in America. However, as we were talking about last week with Huawei, that is an issue in the electronics area where you don't have a country that's really capable of doing the entire manufacturing within the country. And so it has to be a global production, whether it's with the software that's made in America or commissioned in America or the IP is owned in America, and then the phone is built somewhere else. Yes, there is a tariff pending war, or actually it's started now between China and America, but I don't know if this is going to lead to a resurgence in an electronics manufacturing capability here in the United States. I doubt it. So you asked a very specific question, though. You say, is this going to sway you when you buy the next phone? Right now, I'm rocking the iPhone 8 Plus. I did not get the 10 when it came out. And I'm a little bit practical now when it comes to these things. Yes, I've seen a difference in the camera between the 8 Plus and the XS Max. The XS Max is definitely a better camera, whether XS it's the software. XS cost. Yes, mm-hmm. whether it's the software or the, the camera itself. But I don't know if I really need that better jump for me. Other people might. I don't know if I do, because... If you guys watch my Instagram, I'm lucky if I post one thing a month and yeah. it's not all that great. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't I'm, I'm thinking I'm looking ahead at next year and I don't know. I I think I'm still going to stay a generation behind, as you put it. And, you know, SP, there's really nothing wrong with that. We've talked about on this show before. We've kind of plateaued when it comes to smartphone tech is the differences between generations right now is you get more RAM, you get a faster processor and you get a screen with less bezel size. Okay. If I don't care about that, I can save a lot of money by sticking with the previous generation, which is still going to be supported for just as long. And whoop de doo my processor slightly slower and I have a little less RAM. It doesn't matter right now. There's no cutting edge reason to say you must upgrade immediately. Not like let's go back to the iPhone three and three G era when everyone's like, Ooh, I can only get Siri on this and I can only get this feature. There were actual motivations to upgrade. I don't want to necessarily upgrade just so I have only face unlock. That's, that's not a reason for me, but I have to do this. Well, and I think one of the big things that used to really, really matter with increasing generation by generation was the drastic increase we were seeing with cameras at each generation. Now you're getting that where you or you're getting increase, of course, where if you look at two generations, you can see the difference. But it's when you compare the two, it's not like you're looking at the eight, the iPhone eight photos and going, wow, those look bad. And let's be honest, five years from now, you're going to look at the iPhone uh, eight photos and the X photos, and you're going to say that they look basically the same and that they both look bad compared to what's five years from now. So, you know, when you're looking just one year difference, you're not really seeing that improvement that you used to, that you used to have some, wow, this is night and day different. This is like full HD now versus, you know, 640, right? And so the camera, I think, is also less of an important factor each year, too. The one thing that I will say was a difference that I noted is the phone that was replaced, and it was just yesterday, actually, that the second XS Max came into the house. The ability for the phone to interface with iTunes and to back up the data was dramatically increased in speed with the XX Max from the iPhone 6S. Interesting. So, yes, that the the processor itself could actually move data faster with the XX Max versus the uh, 6S and the same cord was used, the same USB port, so it wasn't like a 2 versus a 3. And it was a corded exchange. So 
I did notice uh, about a three or one third or three times, whichever one you want to go, uh, difference in speed between the success uh, and the XS Max. And then it wasn't like the success was completely full either. I think it only had about 40, 45 gigabytes on it. So, and it was a 128 phone. So you do have a reason then, because obviously you want to be able to process and transfer those videos for your new channel a lot faster, which is Seductive SP. I heard that you're going to be starting that soon. It's already there. <laughs> he tried to start a Tumblr, but, you know, they had issues today. I did. I went on there today and I tried to get my Tumblr uh, <laughs> thing for the um, Seductive SP and they said no. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, while we're talking about this, why don't you tell me a little bit about why you're going to tell us about a historic virgin? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's a virgin to talk about this week. That's not on Tumblr. We're talking about Virgin Galactic's Spaceship 2 and the fact that it had a historic test flight last week. So Virgin Galactic representatives told Space.com, that's one of the news hubs that I get my news from, that their VSS Unity suborbital space liner reached a maximum altitude of 51.4 miles, which is 82.7 kilometers for those in Canada, during a rocket-powered test flight over California's Mojave Desert on Thursday, December 13, 2018, after firing its hybrid rocket motor for about 60 seconds. That altitude is above the 50-mile, or 80-kilometer, boundary that the United States Air Force uses when handing out astronaut wings, but below the more famous Carmen line at 62 miles, or 100 kilometers, which is the altitude above the Earth that most people accept as space. And that is the target attitude that was used for the Ansari X Prize which offered $10 million to the first private team to launch a reusable crewed craft to space twice within a two-week span. The flight was the fourth rocket-powered test mission of VSS Unity, which Virgin Galactic officially unveiled in February 2016. The other three powered tests occurred in April, May, and July of 2018 and took Unity to maximum altitudes of 16 miles, 21.7 miles, and 32.3 miles, or for you Canadians, 25.7, 32.9, and 52 kilometers, respectively. Now, when it's fully up and running, VSS Unity will carry passengers on brief trips to suborbital space for $250,000 per ticket. These missions will allow customers to experience a few minutes of weightlessness and also see the curvature of the Earth against the blackness of space. Now, the flight last week earned praise from various points in government and industry, including tweets from Vice President Mike Pence, NASA Administrator Jim Bernstein, as well as statements from Acting FAA Administrator Dan Elwell, Tabor McKellum of the Commercial Space Flight Federation, and Anusay Ansari, who is the chief executive of the XPRIZE Foundation. Virgin Galactic currently has about 700 customers who have either paid the full price of a ticket or a deposit, despite Virgin Galactic not taking any further reservations for trips over the past four years. Guys, we actually have a operational space tourism flight capability. My real question, though, is why did the director of SNASA not comment on this? You talked about all these other folks yes. that did. I expected a comment from at least Deputy Director Suncast. Well, that is taken care of in the secret Twitter. Ah, uh, uh, the Twitter. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> okay. The Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> okay. So two hundred fifty thousand dollars per ticket. We're pleased to say that Stargate Pioneer said that he's bought himself one. So that's awesome. Very cool. Excited to hear Paid about that. Full. Yep. With that said, um, I believe he's going to be very disappointed because it talks about the curvature. And as Chris pointed out for the video viewers who saw it, that can't be when the Earth is flat. The Earth is flat, right? Yep. We've had this conversation. Suncast, Suncast can attest to it. He loves flat earthers and he loves conversations about flat earthers. So while you were talking about your news point there, um, because this is all about development of space in the chat over at Geeks.Live, which we usually record on Mondays, we have I put a, a question there. I said, when you think of current aerospace progress, what company comes to your mind first? 
Kent said NASA, but that's not a company. Albert said Tesla. And then Kent said, why the heck did Boeing come to my mind for a second? It's valid, isn't it? Isn't that valid? It is indeed valid. And Lockheed Martin. Boeing? Well, Lockheed doesn't have an active program right now. Boeing is putting together the other commercial space capsule that will go not only to the International Space Station, but also as our deep space flight system that the government will commission Boeing to provide, but Boeing is free to sell it to whomever wants to pay for the services. Wait, the government has a Commissioner Gordon? Is that what you just said? Yeah, and if you watched Gotham, you would know this. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much for sharing that. Moving on here into our extra, extra news section here. We've got a couple of quick things to talk about. I'll go ahead and start us off. First off, it's looking like Chris Farrell might have been right. It's so disappointing for me to say that. I don't know why, why I ever put anything in here. I'm always though. I know. Uh, a while back, Chris Farrell talked about some rumors of a potential light Pixel 3, and this might just be shaping up to be the case. And I say case intentionally because it was a pun. The Pixel 3 cases, the designs are surfacing. Yes, they are renders, but these are coming out of manufacturers who do make cases for phones, and these are very similar to some of the early era leaks that we often get with other phones. The Pixel 3, potentially the Pixel 3 Lite case, that's what they're calling it, is Pixel 3 Lite, is going to have all of the features that Chris talked about, including the headphone jack, weirdly. So don't know what's up with this. Hopefully this is true, because I like the idea of Google making a light version of the Pixel, I think that might help. I think we actually saw iPhone use the cheap model to sort of springboard things a little bit when they hit a bit of a lull. Remember when they made the colored iPhone? What were those plastic colored ones? They the were 5C and yeah, stuff like that. They weren't around for very long, but they filled a market at a time where they needed to be filled. And I think this could be the same thing with Google. So this is good to see. I really hope that these are true. So that at the very least, we can just say, you heard it here first from Chris Farrell. Who heard it from Android Authority, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Don't you actually heard it? They called you? Or did you read it? Who heard it on an audio presentation of what was on Android Authority's website, because they hmm. do video news stories on things. So All yes, right. I did hear it. You uh, tried to loophole me, and I loopholed you back. This is, though, exactly the sort of thing that you... That might see pickup and what I might actually potentially buy. Like I was the guy that got the Nexus five and had it not been so good Great for phone. me. And there been a free deal that I got with another phone. I probably would have continued on that. And the reality was when I bought the Nexus five is it wasn't as good as some of the other current generation phones from Sam Samsung and Apple, but it did most of what I wanted. And so this would fill that pocket that has been missing since the Nexus line went away. So I really hope this is true. I really do hope this is true. Next in the extra extra section here, there's something weird out of the world of Switch. Uh, we're now seeing these out. I know I sent the link to Chris Farrell today. What is this about classic controllers with the Switch, Chris Farrell? Oh, uh, yeah. So... If you buy the Nintendo Switch and you sign up for the Nintendo Online service, you get things like cloud backup for some, not all games, which is a different stop topic we can get into at some other point. But you also get the ability to play upwards of 20 different original NES games. And if you want to have that authentic Nintendo experience, you can give Nintendo 60 bucks and they will send you two NES controllers that basically dock onto the side of your Switch to charge and look almost exactly like uh, NES controllers from back in the day. Why do I say almost? It looks like the A and B buttons are slightly different. Yeah, it's tough to say from the pictures that we're seeing, but they, they do look slightly different than the NES original controllers and the NES Classic, but maybe that's just the, the lighting that we, we can see. But I'll go ahead and put this in our dock there if you want. You can find that at uh, geeks.link slash Chris tells you stuff 
Well, it's really geek, geek salt link slash Chris tells you stuff. You sure you want to burn that short link and yeah, not use it on might. something else later? <gasps> nope, that's what it's going to be. It tells you stuff. But let's be honest. If the buttons are concave instead of when they're them having to be convex or vice versa, who cares, guys? <laughs> who cares? It still plays the same. The more important thing is this is kind of dumb to pay 60 bucks for two controllers. You can only use for games that you can play only if you have the Nintendo Switch online service. I, I yeah. <laughs> That's your official response. <laughs> that is the official Chris Fell response on the gunnageek.com show about these Switch online NES controllers. Is I just don't care about them. All right. Well, moving on to our last extra extra news point here. This is all about a Apple Connect feature. I know it's going away. This is crazy because if you're a podcaster, you know all about the Podcast Connect portal. Well, don't worry. This has nothing to do with that. This is oh, about the Apple Connect feature that is a part of Apple Music. Apparently, Apple's giving up on its second attempt to create something of a social network within the music app. Wait, the, what is that second attempt? Yeah, their second <laughs> attempt. Well, okay. It's still, I, what is it? Google was on their third or fourth. So, you know, they still got a couple before they catch up to Google. The company informed artists that effective today, they can no longer post content to the connect section of Apple Music. And the page on apple.com does confirm the change. Now, if you think way, way back to WWDC 2015, this was a big thing that they said. They said that Connect was going to be a unique avenue to link musicians and their fans. And it was supposed to be a standout feature of the service. You had people like Jimmy Iovine, who is a huge producer within music, saying that Connect was one of the three major pillars of Apple Music. And so, yes, it appears that this is over. So for those of you who were artists, we're looking at Chris Farrell, your spoken word album. Unfortunately, you cannot connect with your fans anymore through this service. Yeah, just hit me up on Twitter at the Chris Farrell or on secret Twitter, Twitter at <laughs> S the Chris Farrell. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know about this, but uh, I look forward to all sorts of people saying, oh, no, look, Podcast Connect is gone and just not reading the article. I should start that. I should post that on my Facebook right now and see how many people blindly share that. I'd share it if I was on Facebook. Uh, all right. Well, before we get to telling you all about why Stargate Pioneer is one of us, I want to just let you know that we are part of the Gunna Geek Network. The Gunna Geek Network has a bunch of amazing geeky content on there. And if you haven't checked it out, please do so. The Gunna Geek Network has a bunch of different podcasts, some video, mostly audio, but please check that out at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. A lot of awesome shows, including on the bubble podcast which by the way a week or so ago there was on the bubble episode 31 that dropped that talked about last man standing that's right there was last man standing discussion and it featured josh liston and some guy that was absolutely amazing i could just listen to him for hours he was so smart he was intelligent and I hear he's really good looking, but it was an audio only show. So I don't know. He probably wasn't wearing pants during the recording, but on the bubble podcast, episode 31, which is not the most recent one. You can check that out at gunnageeknetwork.com. If you want to check out the most recent one, you can. There's some other guy named SBN there, but let's go ahead and move on. What? What? SB? Was the guy on episode 31? Was that Jonathan Martin? It might have been. It might have been. It, it, it sounded like you were describing him to a T. It might very well have been. But you check out episode 31 of On the Bubble Podcast to find out who it was. I think you'll be very, very disappointed. It was me. This is exciting news for Chris Farrell and I. Chris... I just, you didn't see me, but I hugged you today. I hugged you today. I was also really excited when you decided to pay SPNI. <laughs> so this is our follow-up to our various talking that we've had to do with smart home stuff. Yes, we've talked about that quite a bit over the last couple of years. And Chris Farrell started us off. I quickly just got way too deep into it. And, and adopted it very, very quickly. 
And we've for a while been saying Stargate Pioneer, do it. And he's gotten the Amazon voice services devices, but he's pretty much stopped there. And we've been we've been trying so, so hard. In fact, fun fact, every single episode that I release of this show and better podcasting, there is intentionally placed subliminal messaging that I put in for Stargate Pioneer. So it's it's amongst all episodes, and it finally worked because SP, you are now one of us, right? Well, not really, but it's a good thing I don't listen to this show because <laughs> those subliminal messages just don't work if you don't listen to it, right? So what's happened is I've watched this whole process of people getting more and more in depth in smart home automation, and honestly, for me, it's just not been a big requirement. Yes. I have digital light switch timers. I have digital timer plugs for holiday decorations. I've got a lamp post photo cell, which is basically a sensor for light. So I switch the thing on and it comes on when it gets dark on and the light goes off when it gets light back out. And uh, yeah, that was basically it. And then I had a wink hub and I was thinking, which you know, Chris actually got it for what an amazing deal. I think it was what 12 bucks or something like that. I think so he it got was it like to me. eight bucks. It was like yeah. super clearanced. It was, it was an, a wink hub. And I, I thought it was still in this room. It has not, it might still be in this house, but I have this vague recollection that I actually gave it to somebody. So it, <laughs> it's gone. And that's very unfortunate now, but okay. And no, no hub. So I have had, though, movement forward into the smart home automation. I had the Harmony Entertainment Center remote hubs for a few years now and, and really enjoy them. And one of the things for the last couple of years that I've used it in conjunction with was the Amazon smart home assistants. You know, I have a few dots, I have a few echoes and shows in various different locations. And that's great to use in conjunction with the Harmony hub, although it's only one TV that you get to use with the Harmony Hub and the Amazon Smart Home Assistant. You can only link one, even though I have like six of them in this house. <laughs> I can only link one. Okay. It still helps. It still helps because it's in the busy part of the house where you've, it's an open floor plan. So I've got the kitchen, I've got uh, the uh, great room and it's right outside the office actually here. So if I need to turn the TV on, off, reduce volume, change the channel, whatever, and my hands are busy doing a variety of different things, or say I'm even podcasting in here, I can just actually tell my Amazon device to go ahead and do whatever it is I need to do, and it does it. So that was pretty cool. Well, this summer, I had the very, very unfortunate necessity to replace my HVAC system, which came with a Z-Wave hub thermostat. And even though it's a hub, I haven't really used it with anything else. The most important thing, though, is I had the ability to control the thermostat remotely. So I could be across the country, as long as I had internet connection back here, I could turn the thermostat up, down, left, right, sideways. I can control the temperature in the house from wherever I is. So family members, you better watch out. Don't get me mad, because mm -hmm. I'll either make it really hot or really cold. Well, that costs so, you money, though. I know. That was my movement forward. Let's fast forward to last month, November 2018. I had, because of a furniture purchase, I had to move the location of the Christmas tree, and I moved it to a location that I could not easily get behind it and turn on the mechanical or the digital whatever plug, which was manual, I couldn't turn it on if it was in the middle of the day and I wanted to see the Christmas tree. So, yeah, I was like, hmm, maybe I need to look into something else. And then also, in a true dad moment, the kids were literally driving me crazy <gasps> leaving the porch light on all night. <laughs> and then nobody would turn it off the next day. I would drive away from the house. I would look at the porch and go, no, it's... Uh, I would either just leave it on all day, wasting that electricity, or I would literally stop my car. I would go back into the driveway, <laughs> get out of the car, I'd go into the lock house, and I would turn off the porch light, and I would get going again. This is a couple of minutes. This is an important couple of minutes in the morning when you're trying to get to work in the morning. It is. And, so, and by the way, I don't know if he knows this, but I actually hacked his security cameras, and I've got some audio here of what that sounds like when he comes back. 
damn kids. That's exactly audio right from when he drives back. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure I've said that once or twice. <laughs> do not do that. So I put those two together and I'm like, ah, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's time to check out maybe a smart switch and a smart plug. I, I, maybe I'll break that barrier this year and try to check that out. So I was specifically looking at a certain capability. I wanted to do a schedule ability with local sunrise and sunset, specifically with the Christmas tree and with the porch lights. I wanted it to have Amazon compatibility. And if you put those two together, there's a couple of things that I could have done. I thought I had the Wink Hub in the house, but my time period was really short because I had people coming for a graduation for the entire weekend. And I wanted the plug for the Christmas tree in place by then. And I just didn't want to have to figure out what am I going to do with this hub throughout the whole thing. So I'm like, I just want a Wi-Fi enabled plug and switch. And then if I like them in the future, I will find my Wink hub and I will do the hub thing instead. So the only one pair that I knew of that was had a lot of reviews or whatever was the Wemo pair. It was a switch and a, and a plug, but I was warned about Wi-Fi issues. I was like, you know, if it doesn't work, no problem. I'll just get something else. And when I first got the plug, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to plug this in and I'm going to try it. Guys, I tried for 90 minutes, at least 90 minutes, and I tried multiple networks because I've got extension networks in the house. I thought it might be because of the portal router that I have. I've had issues connecting stuff into that. It wasn't that because I tried other extension networks and that didn't work. And oh, guys, finally, after about 85 minutes, I finally got it to connect. I was so happy. I'm like, yes, I hope this is just an aberration everything and then i went back in to create my schedule and it said device not found on the network (laughs) (laughs) so i ripped it out of the wall i did not put the the switch in and it was still in the box i got on amazon and i said return why are you returning it because this damn thing doesn't work won't connect to the wi-fi and i literally had driven to the ups store with the original boxes that they came in because i tried them that very day And I sent them back and I got the refunds within like 45 minutes of dropping them off at the UPS store. Simultaneously, I ordered some TP-Link switches or a switch and uh, it was a two for one, a plug switch. So it was the HS-105 plug, two for one box and an HS-200 switch. So the issue that i thought because different people were telling me things is that it it lacked a sunrise and sunset on the schedule but i just wanted to have it for family company that weekend i'm like i just need something that will work quick and hopefully this will work and again i didn't have time to find my hub and try to figure it out so i'm just i just those are the only two things i need so i'm gonna put them in that was fine there is another ulterior motive of why i wanted to put them in before the company came so I finally got this TP-Link stuff a couple of days later. Setup was a breeze. I started with the plug because I didn't want to install the switch and then having to yank it out later. That's no fun, right? So no. I installed it. It was a breeze. It connected right to the network. And I was like, great, this is awesome. And I created the schedule and it did. This version had sunset and sunrise and the scheduling. I'm like, yes, I have something that I actually want. So yes, this is moving ahead. Great. And I moved to the switch, I installed it, and it worked great. It you know, connected right away, and it just was great. The only thing I would say is if you're not comfortable with switching out electric switches or plugs in your house, and I'm talking about the actual sockets, not like just putting a plug in, I would call an electrician because you can hurt yourself. You can actually hurt the infrastructure of your house. Yes. These switches actually require four-wire now, not just three wire. And if you know anything about electricity, you're like, oh, no problem. Most new homes have four wire, which is true. My house had four wire and I knew how to connect the neutral and the hot wires and the ground and everything. I knew how to do all that. And I also knew how to turn off the freaking breaker downstairs. And unfortunately, the box that I was installing it with had four switches and I turned off the, the, the breaker for that whole 
box, I thought, and I went up and I tried all the switches. It was all dead. Well, unfortunately, there was a yet another line that was running through there that was hot. And I discovered this by putting my thumb over the neutral and the hot wire on the Ow. one side of the switch. Ow. And yeah, I, I got a little, <laughs> a little buzz there Ow. and it jumped. It jumped. Uh, it did not hurt anything, but there was a jump in there. So there was another line in there that I didn't know about. And so that reminder breaker, what SP said, electrician. <laughs> yeah, there you there. go. <laughs> yeah, an electrician actually would have gone through the box with a meter to make sure everything was off. So the breaker broke and there was no hot lines at that point in time. So that was fine. Uh, but the, the, the ins installation was really a breeze beyond that. And this is an interface that can be used by the entire family. It's great. And once I showed them how it could be used by telling the A word, turn the Christmas tree on, turn the Christmas tree off, turn the porch lights on, turn the porch lights off. They're like, oh, this is awesome. Why don't we have a switch here? Why don't we have a switch there? Why don't we put a plug over there? Why don't we put a plug over there? And literally for the next 15 awesome. minutes, I, I heard one thing after the other of, yeah, we need to do this. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. If we're going to do this, I need a hub because I'm not going to have that much Wi-Fi enabled switches and plugs running through my house and really bogging down the network. So that is the next step is to get a hub because we have to, uh, we, we have to support more lights. We have to support the ability to turn off curling irons remotely, close irons remotely. I need more for holiday decoration plugs. I would like to do the same thing that you've done, Steven, and put studio lights on some smart switches and, the only problem is my Wink Hub is gone, whether I've misplaced it or if I sent it to somebody. By the way, if you have received my Wink Hub, I'm grateful that you have the Wink Hub, and I'm sorry I don't remember I sent it to you. <laughs> so, SP, one thing to be cautious of, I'm not sure how the plugs work compared to light bulbs, but I know like with the light bulbs, if you have a power bump, by default, they all turn on. Yes. So mm -hmm. I don't know if those plugs act the same way, especially if you're putting a curling iron in one. I don't know... I understand the safety concerns, but if the plug turns on for safety concerns when there's a power bump, I think that might be a bigger problem. So you yeah. want to research that. I don't know the answer. I just wanted to throw that out there right now. That's a really good point. Thinking about like if these do happen to turn on, are they OK when you're using them? That's a really good point, Chris. Well, so the standard operating procedure would be the same in that you unplug these things. We we do. We un we unplug them. We don't leave them plugged in. So we would keep unplugging them. But instead of having to call somebody at the house or coming back to the house, if perchance we did leave it plugged in, you could just go to the plug and turn it off as right. a as a precautionary measure. That's so, fair. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I, I would like in the future, any device that I get is the sunrise sunset scheduling, but I want options to override. For example, the porch light, I want that hap. I, I want the porch light on from like when it gets dark until whatever time I want it to turn off, uh, 11 o'clock, 1130 midnight, 1230, one o'clock, whatever. But if perchance somebody has received permission to stay out later and is going to come back after the thing goes off. I I'll want... give you permission for you to stay out late if that's what you're thank fishing you, for Thank here, you very right? much. I, I think at, at 50 plus years, I, I need permission from you to do that. <laughs> Not. So if that happens, though, I want to be able to go in and override and say, yes, stay on for another hour or two after shutoff time. I, I want that. And then, for example, the Christmas tree. I want it to stay on all day instead of shutting off in the morning. If it's going to be like Christmas Day or we're going to have family over for the day or whatever, just don't shut off. Just stay on. And then I don't have to worry about it. Yes, it's just a simple turn it back on on the app or you tell Alexa to turn it back on. But I, what if I just wanted to stay on? So just stay on. Yeah. No, I think that that's a really good wish list there. And um, one of the things that I've got set up with mine is the ability so that like if I... If I turn it on after 11 o'clock or whatever, and I want it to shut off automatically, I've got it set so that after 11, it will shut off after however long I've got programmed. So like half hour or an hour. And then in the rest of the day, it acts a little bit different. So there are there are some, I think, some options out there for you to sort of fill in the gaps. Right. But you do that with a hub, right? Yeah, I do that with Wink. And yes. I'm not sure what other options are available. But yeah, I do that with the robots on Wink. Right. Yep. So I would need a hub that would be able to do that, whether it's Wink or Samsung or, or whatever. So that is a requirement that if when I'm looking at buying, I'm looking at that. Also, this we've talked about this before. We have at least three, if not four different Amazon accounts and, and dots in this house. 
that have accounts and they can all be hurt. Once again, open floor plan. They can all be hurt. If you're in the middle of the house and you tell one device to do something, they all, all four of them <laughs> will, will go. So if you tell all four of them to shut off the TV, the one will turn off the TV and the other three will tell you why they can't turn off the TV because they're not linked to a TV. And if you tell them to set an alarm for five minutes, you will have four alarms going off in five minutes that you have to run around the house and tell multiple Amazon devices to shut up. And it's just, yeah, I, I wish for living arrangements like this with multiple family, multiple generation families, or maybe a dorm room or something like a dorm, something like that, that you could tell somebody to t turn it off and it would automatically know that you're telling the one device to turn off rather than all of them. The other thing is my, I have issues because I have dot that is connected to my speaker via a 3.5 millimeter plug or Bluetooth. Take your pick. I've tried both. And it takes a while for it to wake up using the 3.5 millimeter plug. So oftentimes I will just say a word, good morning, just to wake up the speaker so I can hear what it's saying. And then Bluetooth pairing, sometimes it just turns off and doesn't come back on. So yeah, those are the things. Uh, so in the future, I'm looking at a hub. I'm looking at more plugs and switches, obviously, that are hub enabled. Maybe try colored lights, uh, maybe the outdoor decorative lights. I would like to try a garage door opener just to be able to close it remotely, but I will have to have a camera to go along with that. And maybe possibly front locks. I know we've discussed this before where we don't really feel comfortable having that on a smart thing. But yeah, uh, other than that, it is great. I feel like I'm living on the USS Enterprise and I'm glad that I'm very happy that I'm actually able to live to see it because I didn't think I was going to. I didn't think AI was going to be realized in my lifetime and we're not there yet, but we're close enough that I could say, yes, I've got it. I'm really so, happy with what you what you're starting with and how you've thought about your list, because, you know, when I got into it, I had a little bit of difficulties because of the fact that there was limited availability up here in Canada and things were just like they were just before things started to take off with the Amazon Echo integration and the Google Home integration and all that. And so I think that you have done it so well by setting what do I want to have like in my house and what features do I have so that you can really narrow down that decision path. So it's awesome. I'm excited for you. I can't wait to live through you because I know that you'll probably surpass me. It's the way that it works here on Gonna Geek. I surpassed Chris. You'll surpass me. We just have to keep doing that. I I think Chris has already surpassed both of us, but we'll talk about that in a later episode. <laughs> uh, Chris Farrell, as the person who has the most, the longest experience here with this sort of home automation, what advice do you have with Stargate, for Stargate Pioneer? It brings a tear to my eye how fast these guys grow up. <laughs> no, no, so something that since you're in the beginning stages of that I wish I had done and I'm too lazy to go back and redo is consider putting all of your home automation and your internet of things on a separate network. Even if you establish a guest network on your router that's passed or protected just for those things that because we've talked about it before, it's been all over the internet, the level of security that goes into internet of things items and how often they're updated, it's not great. So theoretically there are potential vulnerabilities with them. So if you have them spun off onto their own guest network or on their own router, even you're not introducing those vulnerabilities to the rest of your network. So you, you've only got a few things at this point in time. As you build up, that might be something to consider is isolating things that way. Yeah, I sadly have to go ahead and get one of those stupid extenders because I my Echo Plus is at the far end of where my isolated router is and the one I'm using just just barely misses it. <laughs> and so occasionally it cuts in and out, but I, I'll just throw in an extender for that, that network there. But I think that's a solid piece of advice. Uh, I want to say, by the way, that we talked about the Wemos in the Discord server over at gunnageek.com slash Discord. We've had a couple people say that they've had pretty good success with the Wemos. I personally had a very similar and still have a similar experience to Stargate Pioneer. So if you want to give them a try, if there's a good deal, you might have success because there are some people who are having success, but just, I would say, go into it knowing that you might be in the camp of SPNI. I think it probably must come down to Wi-Fi traffic. That's the only thing I can think because it's the same, it, it, pretty much exactly as you described where it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and then it works, and then it doesn't work. That's what I have. So it's got to be something with 
the specific traffic. So know that. And, um, you know, that's just our experience. Again, people have had success. So I just wanted to say that right now. Buy from somewhere with a generous return policy. So generally <laughs> that's a place like an Amazon or a Best Buy or something like that. So you can get it home, try it. And there's really no consequence to you if it doesn't work right. Make sure it's not one of those places that's you break it or you buy it. It's yours. There's no returns. I also want to say that speaking of the Discord server, we do have a channel over there for smart home stuff. So go ahead. And if you're wanting to talk that, please come on over, because I like to say that everybody who participated in that channel made SP do this. And that is, you know, largely credited to us here and the Dat.io team. So definitely make sure that you come over there because it just shows peer pressure works. That's what it shows. Stargate Pioneer, thank you for sharing, and we look forward to hearing more about your future stuff, and uh, maybe one day you'll realize where that hub is, or it'll be like 10 years from now, you'll move, and you'll be like, oh, there it was. It was under my chair the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be in the office, because I know it's not in the storage area, because we completely clean that out with the new HVAC system, so I, I do have a recollection that I boxed something up to send it, and that might have been it. So again, if you happen to be listening to this, and you have my Wink Hub, or now your Wink Hub, congratulations. It's an incredible piece of hardware and i hope you're having fun with it i wish i would have and just message me about it so that we can like pretend you don't have it and we can make sp think he's crazy i already do every day <laughs> but there you go that's gonna take us to the end of this show before we wrap up just gonna go ahead and give everybody an opportunity to plug and promote and do whatever they would like to do we'll start off with chris farrell since stargate pioneer just did the segment we'll give him a chance to catch his breath chris farrell what would you like to plug or promote so that's fair. A friendly reminder, there is a lot of live content that streams over on Geeks.Live. We are in the holiday period right now, so not everyone's streaming as consistently. But please, go to Geeks.Live. If you're there right now, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page. There's a calendar of all the live events. Please feel free to come check out some of the other live shows. And if you just want to watch replays of some other video content from Geeks.Live, whenever we're not live, we are... Sim simula simulated live, excuse me. I don't know why I stuttered over that word. We are simulated live where you can watch the back catalog of content on geeks.live. There's a lot of video content for you guys to consume. Are we simulated live or are we assimilated live? Yeah, we're Memorex live. <laughs> uh, Stargate Pioneer, do you have anything that you want to plug besides Memorex? Yes, I do. Does Memorex actually exist as a company anymore? I mean, I mean, I know they made more than tapes. Do they make CDs and, and DVDs now that you can burn, I think? Uh, they're probably one of those things that the name's just been licensed for everything. It's like, look, I have a Memorex hairdryer. Ooh, I want one of those. I bet you guys do, especially Chris for drying <laughs> his beard, I guess, right? My beard, I, I got to keep it in good shape. So properly conditioning and drying it out especially in the winter is very important. I'll bet. I'll bet. I wish I was in that boat right now. Anyways, guys, yes, I do have something that I wish to plug. It is a little podcast called on the bubble. It's episode number 32, and this came up really rapidly. So just to give a little back information on this, Steven had connected with Josh to record his last man standing. And then like an hour later, Jo we get we get the notification on the daredevil cancellation and josh immediately is messaging me going dude you need to come on this show and i'm like why he's like daredevil was canceled i said like, what are you talking about daredevil's canceled i actually got the news from, <laughs> from josh right there which is not entirely true but anyway uh he asked me to come on and we had a little talk about daredevil why did netflix cancel daredevil plus a lot of the marvel tv speculations and a lot of the industry speculations including some star wars talking there so if you're interested in any of that go to on the bubble podcast episode 32 it is again outside of his normal format but he felt like a conversational tone was needed for this i would expect with episode 33 that he'll be back to his normal format but it's been a fun couple of episodes between the last man standing with steven and mine with daredevil so Catch those two and uh, tell Josh how much you like the show because he does put a lot of thought, a lot of effort into it. And the final product really shows and he's assembling quite a library there. And it's going to be a show that's going to be uh, listened to for generations to come, I believe, for people trying to figure out what happened with TV in the 2000s. And and Josh, when we end up thinking of canceling this show, we'll go ahead and let you do an on the bubble on the Gunna Geek show. That's what it is. It'll be about us. 
But there you go. That's going to take us to the end of the show. So for episode 268 of the official geek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, yay, he's one of us. Computer. I want the lights to go off. One of us. One of us. One of us. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Toodaloo. Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week.